Hello, and welcome to the Beautiful Business Podcast. Beautiful Business is a community for leaders who believe there's a better way of doing business. We believe beautiful businesses are led with purpose by people who care, guided by a clear strategy, and soulfully grow. I'm your host, Ewan Sang, and I'm very lucky and grateful to have the chance to chat with James Sancto in this session. James is a CEO and co-founder of We Make Change. We Make Change connects skilled volunteers online with social enterprises across the world to enable anyone, anywhere, to use their skills to support the causes they care about. Since launching, We Make Change now supports a global movement of 25,000 changemakers, 700 social enterprises, and 10 companies in over 100 countries. So James, when we say the words creating a fairer society, what does that mean to you? There are so many definitions that I can think of. But I want to go with one that's very time-specific. A fair society, to me, will be one where we have achieved the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals by 2030. What does that mean? It means that we will have addressed climate change, reduced inequality, and also ended poverty in eight years' time. Now, I actually think those goals, to some extent, are both very ambitious and they're also very realistic and in some ways very unambitious because ultimately the starting point that we have is an exceptionally unfair society. One where merely because of the place of someone's birth, the color of their skin or everything outside of the content of their character, they are disadvantaged in so many ways that mean that whatever life they do leave will be the best that they can absolutely do in that situation but aren't given the opportunities that others are either. So that's why for me, going beyond that, a fair society would truly be one where everyone has an equal opportunity to become what they're capable of becoming. We are far from that. So I like to use the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals as a starting point to get us on the way to that. Yeah, that's a really good way of of articulating it. And and again, I couldn't agree with you more that it's absolutely shocking, I think, and certainly in, in this country anyway, where we are one of the most richest countries in the world, yet the, the distribution of opportunity is so uneven. And I think this is, to your point, I think this is the core of it to me from a creating a fair society perspective is talent, capability, ability is relatively evenly distributed, you know, um, in terms of individuals as people. But the opportunity to use it, the opportunity to express ourselves and to achieve our potential is so ununiformly spread. And it's so hoarded by certain parts of society. And it, it's really sobering actually, when you think of it in that kind of context. So I'm really interested, actually, James, just to find out a bit more about some of the work that you do at We Make Change or some of the projects perhaps that you've seen or facilitated and connected to with social impact projects and, and, and volunteers that have made that effort to try and create a more a fair society. Sure. Well, a few come to mind and even We Make Change itself is kind of born out of that idea because when I was at university, one of the things I came to realize after reading some philosophy and doing that deep thinking that everyone is supposed to, you know, and even being at university is itself a privilege, was realizing that ultimately we're all thrown into the world. We don't choose where we land, but it determines the opportunities that we have. And I was reading those words from John Rawls, 
And I realized that I was exactly in that situation. Had been given so many privileges that I was no deserving of any more than anyone else, again, purely because of where I'd been thrown into the world. And part of the idea behind We Make Change was to say, well, there are so many organizations doing incredible work to help overcome some of those disadvantages that people face or, or challenges that people do to enable them to have some of the opportunities that I have been given through no work of my own. And there are a couple that come to mind specifically related to that. So one is an organization called Era 92 Creative, who are a digital design agency based in Uganda, who teach young people from the slums in Uganda skills in digital tech design and marketing to enable them to not only have what would otherwise seem to many people as a, you know, a great career, but also to provide opportunity to those who haven't been given those opportunities through the place that they were born into. And we've supported Era 92, led by Trinity, who's one of the most inspiring social entrepreneurs I've ever met, who himself was once in the slums in, in Kampala, Uganda, and has now created this inspiring, incredible organization. And we've supported them through connecting with volunteers from all over the world to help grow their impact. Now, he and their team are amazing. They really don't need our help, but being able to support an organization like that is, is one of the privileges of, of what we do. And then another one, which is more of like an environmental cause, but goes back to how some of these environmental issues are ultimately related to some of the social issues that we face and unfairness in society, is that an organization called Madiba in Nature, founded by Ishmael, they were started because Ishmael saw that there were so many waste plastic bottles in the waterways in Cameroon, where, where he grew up. And he thought, well, how can we address this issue of waste and stop the pollution in our waterways? Well, on the other side, there were fishermen in the local area who couldn't afford to buy boats in order to actually sustain their livelihood. So he started Madiba and Nature who create eco-boats, which are boats literally made from recycled bottles, which fishermen in Cameroon are using to sustain their own livelihood and ultimately have a livelihood which enables them and their family not only to survive, but have a huge degree of dignity because ultimately it is they who are benefiting from this support but they are ultimately using it to the best that they absolutely possibly can. And again, Madiba Nature has been the organization we've been privileged to support and they do absolutely incredible work. And those are just two small, but I think inspiring examples of what's possible. They sound amazing, James. You use the word privilege, and I can't think of a better word, to work with organizations like that and making such profound change and such profound impact on their societies, on their local communities. And the latter example, fixing a problem at the same time in terms of the scooge of, of plastic on the world. And, and again, you know, areas of the world which are disproportionately impacted by the consumption of, you know, the more developed countries as well is grossly unfair. In fact, it does kind of come back into this piece around an unfair society and how, you know, parts of the world benefit greatly from industrialization and, and, and other areas bear the brunt of it or bear the costs of it. There's a couple of things we talk a bit there about the, these, these social entrepreneurs being so inspiring. I wonder, do you feel like, certainly with some of the projects that you have but been involved in, they, we talk a lot about 
being able to measure impact, being able to see impact. And, and one interesting conversation I had recently was the, the need for us to almost kind of shift away from thinking, oh, we need to change the lives of 200 school children or, or things like this, and more think about, you know, if we can change life one, and from that create, you know, this story, create an, an example and create this kind of inspiration for others that can enable this kind of change. Do you see that come through? Because again, we think back to some of our listeners, you know, and they think, well, what kind of change, you know, how can I change? I can't go out and create these kind of recycled boats and things like this. So, so just understanding that scale of, of impact would be good to get your thoughts on. Well, with a couple of the examples that I gave, one of the things that you see, and these are just two examples of social enterprises, is why we think social enterprise is the future when it comes to scalable impact. Because traditional nonprofits, again, do amazing work and some of it most needed at the most dire times. In addition to that, this growing area of social enterprise, which again, are often for-profit or non-profit businesses, is that the key characteristics they have is that they're ultimately financially sustainable or aim to be because they create and generate their own revenue and aim to ultimately generate investment. They have scalable impact because often they leverage technology to actually make the impact that they do. But then the final thing is, is that they often limited on resources because they're trying to become financially sustainable. And in those early stages, one of the things they absolutely need are skills and expertise to help get them there. And these examples just show that by supporting social enterprises is that you're ultimately able to not only empower the social entrepreneurs that you're supporting through your volunteering skills, but you're enabling them to grow their organizations who are ultimately going to support hundreds, if not thousands of people addressing all kinds of different challenges as well. And I think this is one of the areas where people often don't realize that they don't need to be the person who is teaching that child how to do graphic design or to be picking up those bottles that are in the waterways in Cameroon. They can be supporting those organizations who do through using their really highly valued and specialist skills so that they can multiply the impact that they make. And even though it might feel like there's a bit of a distance there, because if you're the one actually picking those bottles up or you're the one who's teaching that, that person, you really feel and see the impact that you're having on that individual on that waterway. But actually, just because you feel something is more powerful doesn't actually mean that it is more effective. So again, that's why finding and supporting these types of the organizations are the absolutely crucial thing you can do. And that's what we ultimately try to help people to do. Fabulous. I think that as well, when you run an organization that can look at that impact and almost counterintuitive in the sense that you want that almost like kind of disconnect away from, you know, you don't have to be on the beach picking up the litter or on the waterways picking up the bottles and things like that, and that, that your impact could actually be greater further up or further down that kind of journey. And having the vision to be able to see that um, and also having the ability to articulate that in terms of your corporate purpose. And as you say, I'm getting my words muddled up here, James, but do forgive me, but, but there is almost like this emotional disconnect that you need to make so that you can have this kind of rational view of what your impact is, but at the same time, have the vision to, to be able to reconnect, if you like, in terms of your, your organization's purpose, in terms of your kind of company's purpose. I think the irony is that most people have that disconnect through their daily life in their job. 
which is why they're seeking to make that connection through things like traditional volunteering they would otherwise do. Because there's such a disconnect from the marketing campaign they've just helped design to the consumer using the product and hopefully enjoying it, that when you get the opportunity to do something outside of your day-to-day work, you want to be right on the ground to see it actually happening. And the reason that you accept that into your day-to-day work is that you understand it's kind of part of your role, but ultimately your role is also there because that's how you can be most effective. But as soon as it comes to making impact, their entire mindset changes. So it goes from this sense of, I understand my place here, why this is so effective, to I just want to do something that feels good and is fun and everything. And again, that's why it should be. And again, one of the reasons why we actually host these change day online volunteering events for companies is to give people that sense of experience and connection to a social entrepreneur who is ultimately going to help to address these issues, as opposed to making this very distant you know, online relationship, which you're not really able to get that sense of personal connection to the cause or the person you're supporting. And ultimately, I'm yet to leave a change day where the person and people who have volunteered for those social entrepreneurs are not left truly inspired by those people they're supporting and the impact that they will ultimately make as well. It's such an interesting balance, isn't it? Because you almost need them to kind of stay almost almost kind of pragmatic. You know, you're a graphic designer, you're a marketing agency. We could keep on back to that example, but it's a really good one. You're bloody brilliant at executing campaigns and planning media or whatever it might be. You're not so good at rowing a boat and picking up plastic balls, or you probably can be, but that's not best use of the skills. And it's almost kind of getting them to realize that, but at the same time, giving them that that inspirational charge, you know, that, that kind of emotional hook that kind of drives them to, 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 to do it. And as I say, inspires them as well. And I feel like that says a lot about an organization's culture as well. Um, and it's and almost like it's want, it's drive to make change, it's mission for change. Can you tell us a little bit more about, well, two things, actually. Have you seen anything in the types of cultures of organizations that engage with We Make Change? Um, and then and perhaps you can speak a little bit about the culture that you kind of fostered within your own team, within your organization, please, James. Absolutely. So within the organizations that we support, the the true cultural difference between them and almost any other more typical business or company is that they are entirely purpose-driven. They exist to make impact. That is entirely what they're there to do. And so anyone who has the opportunity to volunteer with or join that organization understands that purpose is the front and center of what they do. And for me, we've seen volunteers work with organizations for years on the side of their day jobs, and weekends, evenings, whatever it might be, because they feel that sense and drive of purpose. Then the second thing, which is cultural and sort of technical, is that these organizations are willing to be flexible. They don't have your traditional corporate structures, your traditional nine to five working hours, or even your typical, you know, email forms of communication or whatever else you might use. They are hyper flexible and they give people the opportunity to work on their own terms, whether that be in their own time or actually to leverage their skills in the way that they think could be most effective. So ultimately you're putting the power back in the hands of the individual who is supporting you as a volunteer in that case but in other companies would otherwise be an employee. And within We Make Change, we try and do exactly the same things. Because in addition to having that sense of purpose 
by existing to enabling anyone anywhere choose their skills to support the causes they care about is that for us, we understand that as an organization, we can only help to address the challenges the world faces today if we come together and enable anyone anywhere to help solve them. So for us, we not only have that sense of purpose driving us, but also that sense of how everyone is contributing to that, whether they be a social media manager, a a lawyer who's supporting us in the legal capacity or someone helping us with their human resources. We all have a clear sense of ultimately why we're here and where we're going to. But then the final thing, which I think is true across all the organizations we support, and I hope within we may change, is that it's got to be fun. Because the only way you can truly make change if it's fun along the way. And we're addressing truly serious issues. But we also realize that it has to be an enjoyable experience if people are going to continue on and go through some of the harder times people might face, whether that be personally, professionally, or otherwise. And so for me, the key aspects of our culture are not only a true sense of purpose, giving people that sense of power and opportunity through their roles and what they do, but ultimately having fun along the way as well. Thanks so much, James Sancto from We Make Change for sharing your stories, your experiences, and your passion on how we can all be making a positive change in the world. Thank you for joining us for this week's Beautiful Business Podcast. Beautiful Business is a community for leaders who believe there's a better way to do business. Join us next time for more interesting discussions on how businesses can bring about change, helping communities, building a fairer society, and safeguarding the planet. You can also join in the discussion at www.beautifulbusiness.uk.